This is Pastor Phil Layton at Gold Country Baptist Church in Shingle Springs and just wanted to preface and introduce some audio clips from Vody Bauckham. This is from an interview June 18th, 2020, and he is speaking about social justice and related issues that have been swirling in the media very much this month. Um, there are more uh, resources and videos to hear uh, Vody Bakum flesh out his perspective more on our church website at, at the same date as this video, uh, www.sermonaudio.com forward slash GCBC. If you look at June 26th, we also had a discussion that we recorded with our young adult group talking about uh, this video clip, uh, but also other uh, movements and what's been going on in our world in light of this, what justice is biblically, scripturally, uh, versus socially, and then uh, just racially, some of the many issues, and just how to be thinking through uh, these things uh, carefully, uh, with discernment, and with distinguishing. Uh, Vody Bakum is a pastor uh, now and dean of Bible Seminary in Zambia and Africa, and he has uh, been speaking about these things for a number of years now. And uh, so I want to play this clip for you. And again, if you want uh, links to some other related resources, go to sermonaudio.com forward slash GCBC and look at the discussion from June 26th, which will have a PDF with some other uh, video links from Vody Bakum, as well as some helpful articles from John Piper, What Can We Learn from the Black Lives Matter Movement. Uh, Al Muller has written a helpful analysis as well, and also talking about uh, systemic uh, injustice and which is a very hot topic on on the news and and in what sense we can affirm that there are systems that are sinful and infected and yet also we want to talk about the sinner and not just institutional sin but individual uh, hope and forgiveness that comes in the gospel and so that's what you'll hear in in this clip from our brother Vody. there are real problems there are there's real racism there's real evil yeah. there's real hatred there's real injustice and the answer to those things is a god who saves through the person and work of christ that's that's our message as christians right mm-hmm. or, or at least it used to be now the message is the answer is something other than the forgiveness that we find through God in Christ. Now the answer is somehow you have to do enough penance. And it's been interesting to watch scenes of white people literally kneeling and bowing and genuflecting in 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 repentance, you know, over over their sin of of white privilege or, you know, uh bias or conscious bias or unconscious bias or whatever else. And the problem with this is that this religion is promising salvation somewhere other than God. And unfortunately, there are many Christians who are sounding like they're rather satisfied with this. People are having two different discussions, and they don't realize that they're having two different discussions. Uh, People look at, for example, like the George Floyd death, and they see this tragic situation. And on the one hand, uh, there's just universal condemnation of what happened. Um, I, I haven't heard of anyone. I'm sure there's, you know, somebody out there. Who, I haven't heard any either. And kidnapping or whatever, but universally they condemn this. But then what happens is people are explaining this in two different ways. 
there are some people who are saying, see, there's the racism. And there are other people who are saying, wait, you know, there's four officers, two black, one Asian, one white. This white officer did this. How, how, how do we just declare that this is racism? And, and what that's an example of is these two competing worldviews. Um, one worldview that says racism is individual. It's an individual heart issue. And that's the world where we deal with the individual heart issue with the message of the gospel. But then there's another worldview that says, no, 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 no. Regardless of the individual heart issue, this is a structural and institutional issue. Therefore, and this is what boggles people's minds. Sometimes they'll say, it doesn't matter what the facts of the case are. Uh-huh. This is evident structural and institutional racism. And what that's doing is it's driving people apart because we're having two different conversations that don't make sense to each other because we, there, there's rules to this that are, in, for some people, not understood and for others are, are so clear that they don't even need to be spoken. Can you can you please explain the difference between social justice that a Christian would understand uh, and the social justice that is now being preached from many of our pulpits that is an anti-Christian message? Well, social justice has been understood clearly for a while, and social justice is distributive justice. Social justice is about uh, redistributing um, resources and opportunities. Uh, social justice is not the same as the biblical idea and the biblical concept of justice. You also need to understand that uh, social justice is built on uh, the back of critical theory, which is all about the idea of you know hegemony and power structures. And hegemony may sound like a big academic word, it just means that there, uh, there's a power structure that exists because of the individuals who set the rules of the game. And they and, did it and, in and, order to... A critical theory is Marxist. I just want to throw that in, correct? That's a Karl Marx theory. Yes, absolutely. Yes, okay. yes most assuredly. All right, go ahead. Yeah. And so the idea is that the, the, the power structure comes from... Uh, the elites who establish things, they, they, they set the rules of the game and they set the rules of the game in order to benefit themselves and, and their posterity. And everybody else is oppressed because they're not part of the hegemony. This, by the way, is why women, although they're a majority, are considered an oppressed minority because the hegemony is white, male, Christian, heterosexual, cisgendered, you know, on and on and on and on and on. Okay. Um, and so social justice is about really transferring power from those in the hegemony to those in oppressed groups. Uh, the individual doesn't matter. And again, this is why this bothers me so much, because as a Christian and as a minister of the gospel, I preach Christ and him crucified I preach the the work that he has done and that we need to receive personally. If if we get into this critical theory business where everything becomes structural, all of a sudden this gospel 
has to either be transformed into something that the Bible doesn't recognize, or mm-hmm. it has to be checked out. And, and so this social justice movement, Black Lives Matter, for example, anyone who reads what they believe will see that they are anti-Christian. They are fundamentally anti-Christian. Um, and so this this whole idea, this whole idea of the social justice movement, and I get a lot of flack for it because, you know, either you have conscious bias or unconscious bias or you have internalized bias if you don't, mm-hmm. you know, buy this Jiminy, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, so it's interesting how uh, critical theory sort of hedges itself in and protects itself on all sides. I This is one of the things that really bothers me about this I've been on social media since the 22nd of, of, of May, but these messages have been out there for years. I've been talking about this for years um, and have really been frustrated uh, with this and with the way that the attacks come. Um, I, I've been trying to talk about this from the perspective of the big picture. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. when you talk about it from the big picture, people tend to think, oh, you just don't have empathy. You just don't have compassion. You just don't understand mm-hmm. how bad it is. Um, me, who who grew up in drug-infested, gang-infested South Central L.A., born in 1969, grew up during the crack era, grew up during the crack wars, if you will, raised by a single teenage Buddhist mother. I wasn't raised in Christianity, never heard the gospel until I got to the to, to university. And so for people to try to marginalize me because I don't understand, I've been pulled over by the cops. I've been down on the sidewalk because I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. I know these kinds of things happen. And yet I still say that these ideologies are poisonous and they have to be confronted because these ideologies actually undermine our message as Christians. I'm concerned about people. I'm concerned about justice. I'm concerned about souls. And I know where this stuff comes from. I understand where it comes from. And I am not willing to lay down my Bible and have anyone force me to agree with certain things simply because if I don't, they will, you know, they will somehow label me and call me names. I couldn't care less about people labeling me and calling me names. I know who I am before God. Uh, my conscience is clear. And so mm. I, I am, I'm worried about this like you. I'm also an American who, as an expat in a foreign country, uh, I've been to dozens of countries in the world. And there's two things that I know. Number one, black people in America are the freest and most prosperous black people in the world. Period. Bar none. The second thing is this, people outside of America think that we are the most oppressed people in the world. And and people actually think that things like George Floyd are happening every day, that they're not an anomaly, but that they're commonplace. And the reputation has outside of our borders it sickens me and it saddens me, but also the reputation that black people have, that somehow we are weak and impotent and that we can't do or be anything unless white people do it for us, which, by the way, is kind of racist. 
I believe <laughs> that by grace, I am a descendant of some of the strongest people in the history of the world. We overcame slavery. And now we're bowing and scraping like we need somebody to do something for us. Our individuality is at stake. Our self-pride is at stake. And our trust in God as the answer and solution to our problems is at stake. And so for me, this is a this is a very complex issue, but it's one that I'm very passionate about. Very little hope. That's another thing that I'm hearing is that there's very little hope. And if our only hope is that, you know, certain people um, begin to have empathy or begin to do whatever it is that we think certain people need to do, then we have no hope. My, my hope is in God. My hope is in Christ. My hope is not in America. Uh, my hope is not in, in, in white people, black people. And my hope is in God. My hope is in Christ. And, and what, what worries me also is as an academic, I mean, I'm a dean. And um, I'm sure you saw that anonymous email that went out from the, the Berkeley professor. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. This an, is an anonymous black people. professor. Yeah, there are people in academia who are not free to investigate issues and do honest academic work. And so what we're left with is these simplistic answers, right? Um, And so you have people who quote statistics on this side versus people who quote statistics on that side, right? Two and a half times more likely to be shot by police, 18 and a half times more likely to, you know, shoot police officers, whatever, right? And and in both instances, we're giving these simplistic answers where the truth is something that's complex. And so if we have automatically said anybody who picks the statistics from this column is evil and shouldn't Mm -hmm. be listened to, then we've also said that we are not going to honestly pursue complex answers to complex issues. And what that means is we're going to use white people or use black people. Rather, we're going to use their story. We're going to use their suffering in order to advance our cause. Glenn, that's what's been happening for decades. And what has it gotten us? And so here we are, we have, Black mayors, black police chiefs, you know, we, you know, uh, we have a president who who's a, a bi-ethnic president, you know, and, and, you know, all of these you know, senators and everything else. Right. But by the testimony of black people themselves, the feeling is that things are actually not better. The feeling is that the questions haven't been answered. And so the frustration grows and the hopelessness grows and the alienation grows. And what I'm saying is we're looking for answers in the wrong places.